Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Going on, hockey fans, and welcome to the Saturday afternoon edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by Vivid Picks. We'll have a nice offer for you guys later in the day. Nice little slate tonight. Uh, joining me as always, Slim Cliffy. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Um, should say. Uh, so, I guess solemn Remembrance Day slash uh, Veterans Day today. It's Veterans Day, right? This this weekend in America. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting slate last night. <laughs> I mean, I got crushed. I did uh, a warm up swap to the new Buffalo top line with Dylan Cousins there. Uh, I was telling you. Um, when Buffalo scored their first goal, the Henry Yokoharu shot from the point. I I thought Dylan Cousins had poked it out to to Owen Power, who who passed it over Yokoharu. They didn't give Cousins a point. I thought Tate Thompson might have deflected it on the way in, but he didn't. I was like, all right. The line that I sw- swapped to was on the ice for a goal, and none of the forwards got in on it, and it was both defensemen instead. I was like, I I'm not winning tonight. So I knew my line. I knew my night was shot at that point. I did not cash. How did you do? I didn't cash either. The one thing I did do right was play two Vegas defensemen, like I talked about. Uh, Martinez and Petrangelo combined for 62.8 DraftKings points. So once in a while, we'll we'll have some good stuff. You know what I mean? We'll have to take the, the victory laps when we can get it. But I, I played uh, Toronto 1, and holy crap, did they suck. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I took the day off from the big dog plus money prop of the night. I've been cursing whoever I pick. So I'm taking the day off from that. I've been bad. I'll be back. Don't worry. We'll have a hot streak. If you're telling me, I apologize. But, you know, we, we did have some winners in our Discord last night. And let me talk about that. I put it in the notes so I didn't forget anybody. Let me scroll up here. Okay. We had BJLT, New York Knicks. He won the uh, $5 po check for 5000 Congrats to you. He was uh, a bit tilted at some of the line changes, but he fell asleep and won 5K. He pulled the Jake Hari. If you pull a Jake Hari, it's, it's usually a good thing. He falls asleep. Well, maybe not now that he has that he's a dad, but he would go to sleep at like 8.15 p.m. Eastern and wake up to like thousands of dollars. But congrats to you, BLJ. Not easy to win 150 max. You did it. Matt's poker. In our uh, Discord, he won a GPP for 600. I'm assuming it was the $9 one. I'm not sure which one it was. And then, uh, great, great screen name, by the way, D Town Gigolos. Uh, he won the uh, 
333 by 18 points for 20k he said uh he doesn't play nhl often but he is a member and when he uses the tools and that kind of stuff one big it is nice to wake up to screenshots of people in the community doing well even if we didn't do well ourselves it's always interesting to see what kind of information people take from the shows and like yeah it's easy for us to be like oh yeah we should have listened to ourselves but we're talking for an hour and these people take this information and they win with it. And it's, it just feels good. feels good. Yeah, it does. I mean, congrats to the winners. I mean, three three different winners, three different GPPs all on DraftKings. Like, that's that's pretty good for a single night. Um, that's not going to happen all the time, uh, certainly. But uh, great lineups. I noticed that he got the um, the winner of the, of the poke check, did it with a Leo Carlson one-off uh, hat trick. Um, I've noticed... Uh, people seem to be pl- not playing a lot of three, two, one, but some three, two, one stacks that are getting there and they can get frustrating. Don't get me wrong. You know, you play the wrong play or you leave the wrong guy off of your two man stack and he's the one that, that explodes or you go with three, two, one and all three guys from your two man stack would have exploded and, and the solo doesn't, but you know, it, it, there are more than, there's more than one way to certainly to stack and to winning, uh, to take down a GPP. So, um, you know, I typically still play a, a three-three or a three-two-one, but there are uh, uh, many ways to skin a cat, as as we might say. But congratulations on the wins. Hopefully, we can get some more here tonight on this ten-game slate. Yeah, my uh, stat corrected victory on like almost opening night was a three-two-one as well. I like running at least like I don't know. We'll get it. We'll do some strategy on a shorter slate. There's a lot of games here. Uh, but yeah, congrats to all the winners. And hopefully there'll be more of them. We can talk about it on Tuesday on the show. But there's a bunch of you here. Make sure to smash that like. Make sure to subscribe. Um, keeps up with all of your shows, DFS offers, giveaways, et cetera, et cetera. We also have everything on our podcast channel. So if you don't like YouTube, you can check us out on the podcast channels. Leave us a five-star review. We have the Hall of Fame. So if these guys... I think the uh, poke check has over, yeah, the poke check has over 5,000. I'm pretty sure he has a stochastic avatar. If he does, he can tweet the win to at stochastic HOF on Twitter and win a free month of a stochastic package of your choice. So that's not bad. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. But we should get into this slate because we have 10 games, a lot of high totals, a lot of teams on a back to back, a lot to get through, lots to talk about. Let's do it. Boston Bruins with a 3.4 total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 2.6 total. Feels It feels like the Bruins play the Canadiens every night. I don't know why. This, this might even be the first time they played this season. But it just feels like they're always playing each other. Yeah, it is the first game against each other yeah. this season. Yeah, maybe it's just because it's an original six matchup. That's probably what's going on in my head. Um, top line for Zebrulans, Pasternak, Marshan, Pavel Zaka. Getting a pretty heavy ownership. Uh, they do have positive leverage per our top two stack or per our top sacks tool. Good spot. Like Zacha started off a little bit slow. He's been turning it on. Um, interesting to see pretty heavy negative ownership on the third line with DeBrusque and Heinen because in the last game, Charlie Coyle put up a 51 spot. <laughs> on DraftKings with JVR and Frederick. Like, that line has been good. And they're 11,200 against the Habs team 
that is fun offensively, but defensively, it's still uh, a work in progress, we'll say. So I, I like Boston one. I like even some of the Boston depth here. No ownership on the on the Habs. Uh, it depends what they did because the last game they went Dvorak, Caulfield, Slavkovsky. Who knows what the lines are going to be? I'm not sure if they skated. Um, if, if they do go back to Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, maybe I'll have a little bit of interest in that in MME, but this is a Boston game for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I wrote up Pavel Zaka. Uh, in the picks article, free to read over at stochastic.com for, I mean, a couple reasons. One, you know, obviously he's not the goal scorer on that line. It is uh, David Basnack. In fact, as looking over the projections, here are the winger projections for DraftKings tonight. And Pasternak is projected for almost six more points than the next closest winger. Like that kind of gap is what you see on a four game slate when it's Connor McDavid and then a bunch of teams or something like that. It, it Like what, the, what Pasternak is doing this season is just incredible. Um, but I wrote up Zaka because his price has dropped on DraftKings. He's down to 5K. Uh, and Montreal is one of the more penalized teams in the league so far this season. They've taken the second, they're giving up the second most power plays per game, 4.4 per game. Only Anaheim gives up more. So of the 20 teams playing tonight, Montreal is the is the team giving up the most power plays. So it should mean a lot of power play time for that top line. They're perfectly correlated uh, on the top unit. Now they're going to be popular. You met, you mentioned Jake DeBrus line coming in way over owned. Like all all the lines are going to be owned. Uh, top line one fourteen percent on DraftKings. Uh, third line seven percent. Not as much on the Coil Frederick uh, Van Riemsdyk line. I think that's going to come up, uh, especially where Van Riemsdyk is the guy um, that plays on the on the power play unit. So I think that's going to come up a bit. Like that Coil line has been pretty good offensively. What are think is important to note is that they haven't been very good defensively but part of that is I wonder if it's just missing Charlie McAvoy right because Charlie McAvoy is back in the lineup for Boston tonight um he had been suspended for four games gotta think he's gonna be a little bit rested and you know kind of ready to go here so that's a big boost to the defensive profile of the Bruins like if if he were still out I would kind of be contemplating something on the Montreal side here most likely the Monaghan Gallagher line, but I would be contemplating something with McAvoy back. Like it's a pretty brutal matchup. Like, yeah, like Boston does take their fair share of penalties as well. They're just under four power play opportunities given to the opponent per game. Like their top five in the league or bottom five, depending how you want to look at it. Um, but with Montreal splitting up their lines, like there's a lot of uncertainty that any of the lines are going to stick together. Cause like once you break up Suzuki and Caulfield, like everything else is on the table, right? Like that's kind of the way to look at it. Um, you know, I thought Dvorak and, and Caulfield would look good together. I think, you know, playing um, Slavkovsky um, or playing new hook with Suzuki is probably uh, a good thing, like play to their strengths, which is speed, but I just don't know if this is the matchup to do it. So I think, for me, this is Boston one. You know, if you want to slide in Van Riemsdyk, just make it a full power play stack. I think you can do that as well. Like, you know, not only does Montreal take a lot of penalties, they're not very, they're not good at killing killing off the ones that they take, right? Like they're giving up over one power play goal against per game. Um, it's a tremendous power play spot for Boston. I, I Like to me, this is a Boston one game um, just because of how good of a, of a power play spot it is. Um Brad Marchand, last thing I'll mention, Brad Marchand, like he wasn't shooting earlier in the season. He's up to, he's up over 17 shot attempts per 60 minutes so far this season. Um, I think 
that's near a career high or just surpassing a career high. So he's been shooting the puck a lot more, uh, especially over his last eight, 10 games. So um, I really like the way that top line uh, from Boston is playing. So it's Boston one for me in this. And I don't think not a whole lot from Montreal. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we move on, it was a good question. Any tips on defensemen and cash lineups, two spend downs or one spend up, et cetera. Thanks guys. I enjoy the breakdown. Thank you for the question. That's a good question. It's slight dependent. But I think you got to look at guys with high floors, either a power play quarterback or a cheap guy who has a high block shot chance, you know, getting some guy who's going to get the bon- uh, shot block bonus, et cetera. But I would, I'd, if you're trying to jam in studs and need cheap guys, just look for guys with a high floor who has a chance of getting the block bonus, maybe involved offensively. Yeah, I like I'm not I'm not a cash game player. I will say like the defensemen I would avoid are kind of the guys in that middle price range that don't put up a ton of peripherals uh, and don't play the power play. So like um, I think a good example tonight would be um, Philip Hronick from Vancouver plays on it, plays on a great uh, defensive pair with Quinn Hughes. He's going to probably have a pretty good offensive season. Um, but he's not a guy that takes a lot of shots. He's not a guy that blocks a lot of shots and he's not on the top power play unit. So like those types of defensemen are ones that I would generally avoid. Um, and you know, your, your description of the guys to use is, is pretty apt. Yeah. I would use Quinn Hughes for cash over chronic. And if you can't get to Quinn Hughes, I would go down to like Tyler Myers or something like those type of players. Yeah. But thank you for the question. That was a good question. Uh, Calgary Flames with a 3.1 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.5 total. <sighs> okay, so we've been <laughs> we've been uh, on the uh, oh, I forget what it, what's the what's that horn the klaxon. Uh, I was going to say like a, a flugel, but I think that's a little bit bigger. Yeah, for Dustin Wolf to start. And he's finally starting tonight. But, of course, it's back-to-back on the road for Calgary in Ottawa. And they move Tarasenko to the top line with Norris and Kachuk. I like I like that line. But, like, I also like Dustin Wolf. Like, he, I'll let you talk about Dustin Wolf's numbers in the minor leagues. He's the back, back like, save percentage or whatever, like, AHL goalie of the year or whatever it is. But, like, Tarasenko moving to the top line is interesting because – I was telling you before the show, it kind of reminds me when Tarasenko moved to the line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Like, you get Kachuk, uh, who's the net front guy. Tarasenko's a shooter. Norris is the playmaker, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's going to be a good line. It's just, like, I'm not sure this is the best matchup for it. One, Wolf is one of the best, if not the best, goalie prospect in the NHL or in the minors right now, and he's getting the start. Two, like, Calgary, I know they gave up. Uh, four goals to the Leafs last night, but Vladar, not very good. <sighs> like, I want to play Ottawa, but I think I'm saving it for a different matchup. I think you can get to an MME because there's not a ton of ownership. I, oh man, like, I am very conflicted. I wish this game was on the slate. I kind of like the Calgary second line. That Connor Zari dude, <laughs> he's, he's like, he went from the minors to being like, the best winger on the team, not named Huberdeau or Mangiapane. Ottawa's bad defensively. They take a bunch of penalties. Zari's on the top uh, power play unit. If you play on FanDuel, sucks for you because he's not in the player pool still. But, like, I kind of like Calgary, too, here. I do like Ottawa in the nutshell. I don't think I'm going to get to them in one to three. 
Yeah, that's that's the whole problem with Wolf getting called up. It's like we finally get our wish, but it might kind of screw us here tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, Dustin Wolf, he's 22 years old now. Like he wasn't somebody that was like considered like a, a super high end prospect, but at a certain point, like once you're 22 years old and you're the best minor league goalie or you're the best goalie in the AHL two years in a row. And then this year he's, I think he's, he has a 924 save percentage in his first like seven or eight games in the AHL. So like, you know, it's like what took them so long to, for this to happen. Like if Marsham was still healthy and Jacob Marsham was in net or they're running Dan Vladar back to back, like I, I'm pretty sure I would be playing Ottawa here tonight. And that's kind of, that's the problem I'm running into is like, I don't want to put too much stock into a goalie that's not played at the NHL level. And, you know, maybe he just has a bad game. Like he could end up, like he could literally end up a hall of famer and just get absolutely blown out of the water here tonight. That's, you know, those two things aren't necessarily correlated. Right. Um, I do agree that I like Tarasenko on the top line. Um, I was looking at some of their like, underlying numbers i guess today like tarasenko leads the healthy ottawa forwards because uh, ridley grig is technically at the top but he's injured leads the healthy ottawa forwards and scoring chance assists per minute so far this season like it's not stotzla it's not Giroux, it's tarasenko like there's probably a reason why him and grig and and kubalik were playing so well together on the third line right um he brings a playmaking dimension that that drake batherson just doesn't um and i think that's just going to help especially Josh Norris, but the entire top line be good offensively. Like, I think it's a fine matchup for them uh, going up against uh, Calgary, whether they're going up against the first line or the second line, it doesn't really matter to me. Here's the thing with the flames is like all their problems were goaltending related. Like, yes, obviously there's going to be some defensive miscues and turnovers that are going to cause goals against and stuff like that. But at worst, they're a middle of the road defensive team at five on five. It's just that them and them and Edmonton are at the bottom of the league in five on five save percentage. Like uh, one thing I always say is, uh, and I guess I don't say it like a lot of people have said it. Like nothing will make a team look worse than bad goaltending, and that's pretty much all that's really happened is that Vladar and Markstrom can't save a puck to save their lives. If Dustin Wolf, if Dustin Wolf is like even just an average NHL goalie this Calgary team is a probably a playoff team. Like that's, that's how good they can be. Um, it's not a bad spot for Ottawa one, all things, you know, all that aside. Um, it's just, they're really coming in with more ownership than I want. Like it, the ownership isn't bad. 5% on the top line, 3.4% on the second line per the top stacks tool. Like that's fine. But there are other lines that I want to play that, um, have a little bit of a better sample behind them. Like, you know, we'll talk about Edmonton later. I know Edmonton's struggling on their own, but we'll talk about them later. Like Carolina, Carolina's top line is going to come in with like a third of the ownership um, of this Ottawa top line. And they're playing against Jonas Johansson, who's allowed, I think, 18 goals in his last four starts. So like, there are just other spots that I think are better for, for than Ottawa here tonight. So I like, I do like Ottawa one in a nutshell. I would play them above Ottawa two. I just don't think tonight's necessarily the night for it. On the Calgary side, like I agree with you on Calgary too. I wrote up Connor Zari uh, in the picks article. He had like 68 points in his last 78 AHL games. He's a first round pick from three years ago. Like this isn't a guy just coming out of nowhere. Um, he Really good numbers in a small sample with Kadri, 55 minutes together. Um, 73 shot attempts per 60 minutes, 3.4 expected goals per 60 minutes. Like they, 
they've just been really good. So I actually like Calgary 2 the best in this game. Um, Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, if you're playing 150 lineups, whatever, obviously you're going to play Ottawa. It's just a matter of how much. I just don't think I'm going to play a nice single entry. Yeah, they need to call up Coronado so they can run Coronado Zari Popsicle Stick, whatever his name is. It's like something like Popsicle Stick. I'm sorry. I'm just bad with names. And it's Popsicle Stick. Okay. <laughs> our, our resident quick party says uh, Ottawa at home, the biggest cowards and frauds to ever skate. Well, you know. I feel bad know. for the guy because he's also a Blue Jays fan. So, like, it was, you know, not a great season for them, not a great start for Ottawa. It's just been a really bad six or seven sports months for him. So, you know. Pospisil. Sorry. I I give people nicknames, and he's Popsicle Stick. But, yeah, Ottawa needs to get rid of DJ Smith. The Blue Jays need to get rid of their whole organization. Um, Like, I don't want to go off on a a large channel here, but it had to suck watching the Diamondbacks in the World Series with the guys that they traded to the Diamondbacks for, like, pennies me, on the Me and my buddies have a text thread where we would just text each other what uh, Goriel and, and Moreno hit the night before in case anybody missed it. Like, yes. that's how upset we were. So It's just yeah. pain. Like, I know pain. I'm a Jets fan. And we both have back problems. So we know pain. But, like, yeah. All right. Okay. Let's, 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 let's pull back in. Been drinking Arizona iced tea. I'm a little hyper. Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.4 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.4 total. Let's talk about those Hurricanes that you just mentioned before. There's not a lot of ownership on either side of this game. I watched some of that Hurricanes-Panthers game last night. Easily the worst Canes game of the season. They looked horrible. And that's bad for this reason. They blended the absolute living piss out of the lines last night. So we have no idea what the lines are going to be because they didn't skate today. They started yesterday with Aho, Jarvis, and Neches, and then Cockney, Emmy, Svechnikov, Teravainen. Whether they start like that tonight, to be determined. It is an early game, but you know, like if we get a, like you're saying, like we're gonna, you're gonna see the top line of Aho, Svechnikov, and like Jarvis or something, and just jam them in because they're gonna be a very low owned combo against Jonas Johansson, who's been terrible. On the flip side is. Like, I do really like Carolina tonight, by the way, depending on the line combinations. On the flip side, it's even interesting. It's interesting, too, because Carolina looked terrible last night. They're back-to-back on the road. Kucherov's been nuts. They are 21400 It's a bit pricey going into the Hurricanes. I think in MME, getting over the field on that projected ownership would be a play for me. I just don't know if I can get there in one to three. So I didn't watch that game. I was watching um, my Buffalo Sabres. My beloved Buffalo Sabres uh, fail me once again. 
Um, Same. The amount of futures I have on the Sabres is sickening. (laughs) One thing that I did notice looking through the game logs was the ice time from last night. Seth Jarvis led the forwards in ice time at 18.03. And he played most of the game with Jordan Stahl after getting moved down the lineup. So the guy that was on the top line ended up on the checking line, but played the most minutes of anybody in the lineup. I think 11 out of their 12 forwards played between 12 and 18 minutes last night. Like that's a problem. Like that's a big problem. Like I, I'm not expecting, you know, Aho and Jarvis and those guys to play 20 minutes night in and night out. But this was a 2-1 game at the end of the first period and a 3-2 game at the end of the second period. And the guy on the uh, winger on the checking line ended up with the most minutes of all their forwards. Like, that's kind of the problem with Carolina. Just in, I mean, there are a lot of problems with Carolina for DFS. One of them is that we you almost never really know how the ice time is going to work out. It's almost like Seattle. Like we, we talk about that a lot with Seattle. Like there are some games where Yanni Gord, who's not even on a power play and is on the third line will play like 22 minutes. You won't see something crazy like that from Carolina, but you will see games where, you know, Stefan Nason plays more than Tubo Teravainen or Gasperi Kotkaniemi plays more than Sebastian Ajo or, you know, Andre Svechnikov plays 14 minutes. Like there, it's going to happen all the time with that team. The thing is, is like, yes, they mixed up their lines quite a bit, but they did tend to leave Aho and Natchez together and then Kotkaniemi um, and Teravainen together. So I think you might be able to rely on those pairs. I do like Aho. I do like Aho and Natchez here tonight. Like, I, 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 it's it's tough because it's back to back on the road. I can't, like, I'll take your word for it that they looked bad last night. They can't look they can't look worse tonight like can they <laughs> well well i uh you don't have to take my word for it i was watching Corey schneider or i butchered his last name live tweet the game and he was like pulling his hair out if he has hair okay he's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a big canes guy yeah okay um and here's the thing is like going into tampa bay tampa bay often uses the nick paul line as a shutdown line nick paul line doesn't have brandon hagel anymore Without Brandon Hagel, they're up over 60 shot attempts against per 60 minutes at five on five. Um, not, Jonas Johansson, like I think he's just becoming the goalie that everybody kind of expected him to. So, um, I'm actually, did they confirm that it was Jonas Johansson starting tonight? I did. I didn't see I didn't that. Let me look. No, he's not confirmed. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Matt Tompkins. Because, yeah. like, like I said, Johansson's given up 18 goals in, in four games. At a certain point, you can't rely on your team to score five or six goals every night. Um, either way, like, Ajo and Natchez have been pretty good offensively together so far this season in a small sample. 78 shot attempts for 60 minutes. It's not surprising for a Carolina team. I'm kind of tempted to play whatever the top line ends up being at, at warm-ups. I think it's going to be Ajo and Natchez plus, like, they might move Jarvis back. I'm hoping they move Svechnikov up. Like, that's kind of what I'm waiting for at this point. Um, but we'll see at warm-ups. But, yeah, I do like Carolina 1. I don't think the matchup's really that bad. And the Tampa Bay goaltending is starting to get as bad as the Carolina goaltending is. On the Tampa Bay side, like, I really do like that top line. I like that they put Hagel back there. 3.2 expected goals, 5.3 actual goals per 60 minutes so far this year with Hagel up there. Hagel is second on the team in scoring chance contributions behind only Kucherov, which means he's contributing more to the offense than Stamkos um, at five on five. 
than Stamkos, than Braden Point, than any of those guys. Um, so I really do like the Tampa top line here. I think that would be more of an MME play for me. I don't think I'm going to get to them in single entry. I think I like, I actually like the Carolina side here better. Yeah. I'm kind of in agreement. I think one off, one off and Kucherov in a single entry, always fine. But like, I don't know if I'm going to spend 21,400 on Tampa Bay tonight when there's just way better matchups for cheaper. <sighs> Vancouver Canucks, 3.3 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 3.5 total. Leafs blew a 4-1 lead last night. That was the bad. The good, Willie Nylander is ridiculous. Um, he's incredible. He's going to look good on a, in a different uniform at, at the trade deadline, or out of, wherever that may be. But, um, yeah. Oh, man. Like, I want to go back to that Nylander line. Like, Nylander was the best player on the ice by far. Vancouver, I, I would imagine – uh, that Toronto line is going to avoid the Hughes chronic pairing. So like 18,800 to get that line I'm in on now it is Leafs back to back. So Samsonite, I was way off. Uh, Samson offers in that tonight. There's no ownership on the, on the Canucks. And I know they're not great five on five, but they have been good on the power play. There's no ownership here. I don't mind going to either of the top two lines. Um, I don't mind a power play stack either. Whether I get there in one to three is to be determined, but I do have them circled. Yeah. So as we were mentioning on the show on Thursday, I think when Vancouver's on the road, the Hughes Veronica pairing plays a lot more with JT Miller than they will with Elias Pedersen. That's pretty important for this game tonight because the Matthews line is probably going to go out against Pedersen. And that means the Matthews line is probably not going to see much of Quinn Hughes and Philip Ronick at, at least. Yeah. At least not, at, at least not like every shift, like it won't be like a shutdown shift type thing. And if, if you look at the numbers for any of the top two lines with Quinn Hughes off the ice, I like, I'm not exaggerating when I say some of the defensive numbers get twice as bad, like expected goals, shot attempts, et cetera, et cetera anywhere from like 70% worse to literally a hundred percent worse. Um, and that's the matchup that Matthews is going to get. He's going to be going into um, the Vancouver top line with Elias Pedersen. They have 2.7 expected goals against, again, those numbers get considerably worse without Quinn Hughes on the blue line behind them. And Quinn Hughes, I, like I was saying, doesn't play as much with Pedersen as he does with JT Miller when they're on the road. So um, I think, I'm a, I would prefer the Toronto top line here tonight. Like they've looked good with Kniez, 77 shot attempts per 60 minutes, five on five. Uh, Kniez was around 19 minutes last night. Like I know it was an overtime game, but I think he only got one shift in overtime anyway. So, you know, he's probably going to play like 18 minutes if, if they're not going to run them ragged and then the top guys are over 20. Um, Vancouver penalty kill, like it's bad. Uh, <laughs> it was it bad last year. Yeah, it was bad last year. It got better towards the end of the season. This year, uh, third most shot attempts against. Most shots allowed per minute while on the penalty kill is the Vancouver Canucks. Um, It is not Minnesota or San Jose or Buffalo. It's Vancouver. So you got the two guys on the top power play unit. The line is still under 20K. They're not coming in with a ton of ownership. 3.5% per top stacks. Even if that comes up to like five, six percent, I really don't care. Um, 
I I think you can leave Kniez off nice and put Nylander there and just turn it into a power play stack. Like it feels pretty hard to fade Nylander right now with the way that he's playing. Um, but I, I do like the top line matchup a lot better than I like the second line one here tonight. So it's Matthews Marner. Nice for me. <sighs> like this has to stop for Vancouver eventually, right? <laughs> like, they, they can't keep doing this. I was looking earlier. Brock Besser and JT Miller are shooting a combined 29% so far this season. Like that feels patently absurd. And I I don't have a problem going to Vancouver just for ownership purposes. I just feel like at a certain point they've got to they've got to run out. I would play the JT Miller line because they do play more with Quinn Hughes and playing with Quinn Hughes means better defensively and better offensively and probably by a lot. Um, so it's Miller, Besser, Di Giuseppe uh, for me. The Toronto second line has been pretty good defensively with ta- with Tyler Bertuzzi there. But as you mentioned, the Toronto goaltending has not been good uh, so far this year. So Toronto two for me, or sorry, Vancouver two for me. I like the JT Miller line in this matchup, but it is the Toronto top line, the Matthews line that I like the best by quite a bit here. Yeah. I, that definitely makes sense. I also really like Demko in this game. It, yeah, Ray Rock, Ray Rock saying Demko, it's like, you know, you don't like facing – like he's been re- – like going back to last year when he came back from injury, it's 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 like 30 games now he's been really, really good. Um, it's just, you know, you can get a Matthews line that's under 20K for under 5% on a 10-game slate at home. Sometimes your hand's kind of forced – Toronto, Toronto one's one of my favorite tops, like expensive stacks on the sleeve here. Today. Yeah, I played Toronto one last night. Matthews was 21%. Marner was 14%. Knees was five. So like Marner played almost 26 minutes, did nothing with it. Good stuff. He sucks. That's a classic Mitch Marner game. Yeah. I, I tell Mitch Marner he sucks. And he wonders why I make signs about him. Anyway, hello, hockey fans. Uh, if you use the link in the description box below, you get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. If you're thinking about going premium, I don't know why you're still thinking about it. Just click that link in the description below. It'll take you to the landing page you need to go. You can also add on Fantasy Cruncher. But what you get uh, with it are player and ownership projections, top stacks tools, line combinations, and the Discord. Lots of fun in the Discord. Lots of winners last night. Cliffy's uh, showing all the tools up on the screen right now that we reference from time to time on the show. So yeah, click that link in the description below, get in that discord, get those premium tools and start winning. Also, I'll say it every day. Cliffy's article is free to read on stochastic.com. Our show is always going to be free, but you'll just add on those premium tools. Let's move on to the next one. Another game. I wish I was that wasn't on the slate. The Washington capitals with a 2.6 total. Heading into Long Island, miserable experience there. Downers have a 3.3 total. Looks like Simone Holmstrom's going to the top line with Horvat and Barzell. Uh, Wallstrom, I think, is out. Yeah. Um, sure. I kind of wish if Wallstrom's going to be out, they would put Julian Gautier in the lineup and put him up there. He has some speed. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just searching here, but. It's interesting because Wilson, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, back-to-back on the road going into Long Island, negative leverage? No thanks. I, they're fine in MME, one lineup, no thanks. The line that I'm interested in this game, Nelson, Palmieri, Engvall. 
yeah, they're coming in with negative leverage, but they're it's not to the point where I'm going to go like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be duped immediately if I put them in my lineup. They're 13,600. Nelson is Nelson, man. He's had two back-to-back really good seasons. He's having another good season this year. Kim and Palmieri on the top power play unit. Washington, I, I guess it's going to be Kemper tonight. Like, they're going to be vying for a lottery pick. I really like uh, Islander's second line here. Yeah, I I don't know who the answer is on the top line. Like, I I, I kind of like Hudson Fashing. He had some pretty good numbers last year, but um, I, like I don't know if they have an, an answer internally to, for somebody to play on that top line. But uh, they got to figure something out because they have not been playing well. Um, I was looking at the numbers for the top line with Simon Holmstrom there. Now he played there last year after after they got Horvat, but when Barzal was injured. Um, the offensive numbers were actually pretty good. Three and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes. But again, that that's with, um, I think it was with Andrew Lee, Anders Lee on the left wing. Yeah. And he's a guy like they'll always have good expected goals numbers with Anders Lee on the ice because he's a guy that plays the net front and get, that gets his shots from like six feet, six feet away from the goal line. Um, but they don't score a lot. And they were at 2.2 goals per 60 minutes, five on five. Um, that's kind of been the problem for the Islanders top line basically all season. Like once they start scoring, they're probably going to start filling the net. I don't know if it's going to be with Simon Holmstrom there. Uh, so I think I agree with you. It's going to be on the, it's going to be Islanders too, for me. Um, I'll bring up the Islanders top stacks real quick. There's the top line, 4% ownership, 5% ownership on the second line. Um, Pierre Engvall, obviously back in the lineup. Like I, I was, I was telling you guys this morning, the entire Islanders second line has, has fewer giveaways than just Matt Barzal this year. And that they picked out Engvall for that one turnover that cost them a goal in a game. They were already losing to, to scratch him. Like I just, I don't, whatever. They're phenomenal together. 3.8 expected goals for 3.8 actual goals for, I did write up Brock Nelson. Uh, in the picks article today, uh, free to read over stochastic 3.4 shots per game so far this season. He's picked up his shot volume. The line is generating a lot like the, yeah, there is negative leverage, but they're still under 5% with a 2% top stack percentage. And it's a 10 game slate. There are plenty of ways to get different. Um, I do like that second line here tonight. I agree with you on the Washington side. I don't necessarily hate the top line here tonight, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Wilson. I just don't think it's a good spot for it. Like you said, back-to-back on the road, like it's Varlamov and Nepa. Varlamov's been better than, than Sorokin this year. And Varlamov's just been good for a few, like basically since he got to New York, right? Um, the problem is, is like Sorokin's just usually been better. So that the, they'll usually play Sorokin as a starter. But Varlamov's still been a good goalie. So, it's one of those bad chalk situations, I think, that that you and I talk about. Like, there's there are times like I think the Islanders second line is kind of good chalk in this situation. Like, they're at home, they're the rested team. Angball's extra rested, I guess. Um, they're not that expensive at 13,600. 13, like, you can turn it into a power play stack by turning taking Angball out and putting in you know Horvat or something like that. I think that's fine for chalk. I think bad chalk is playing a line that might be 10% on the road in a back-to-back going into Long Island facing Varlamov. Like, I think that's that's kind of the difference here. So nothing for me from the Washington side. I agree with you on Islanders too. 
Yeah. Lane Lambert, interesting coach. He kind of reminds me of like. Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. At Thanksgiving, you have that weird uncle. You're not exactly sure what he does, but he's just full of shit. Like, that's what Lane Lambert reminds me of. Let's move on to the next one. Buffalo Sabres, three total. Heading into Pittsburgh, the Penguins have a 3.9 total. I hear Jake's, Jake Harry's teeth grinding that Pittsburgh has the highest total on the slate. They're not getting much ownership. They're the new come for the expected goals, stay for the shutout team. Um, man, Buffalo back-to-back on the road here. Levi went last night, so it's going to probably be Uka Pekalukanen tonight. 5.6% ownership on pit one with those expected numbers. Like At some point, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's March, maybe it's 2031. You're going to have a monster game. Por qué not no, esta noche? Por qué not? How come? Wow. How come not tonight? I just wanted to go off on Spanish there. Like, I really like Pittsburgh one here. I really like Pittsburgh two here. It's going to be interesting to see what Buffalo does with their lines. Because Paterka, JJ Paterka moved up with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner and looked good. So... If that is the line tonight, like Pittsburgh ain't nothing special defensively, I would probably have some interest in the Thompson Skinner Paterka line. Yeah, but don't forget that Alex Tuck is probably coming back tonight. Um, yeah, he they they said he's not going to play both games of the back to back this weekend. He didn't play last night. They just sent Matthew Savoie back down to the WHL this afternoon. He played so, three minutes last night, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he got the he's getting the NHL paycheck, so. Um, so, yeah, the fact that they sent uh, Savoie back to junior and that they said that Tuck is, is not going to play the both games of the back-to-back and he didn't play last night seems like Tuck is going to play tonight. I'm wondering if they don't just put Tuck on the second line with one of Cousins or on the third line with one of Cousins or Middlestat and try to just see if Paterka will work out long-term on the top line. Um, like, we just will not know until warm-up. Um, Pittsburgh won. Like, they have been scoring. I think that's something that we we probably shouldn't lose sight of is I did uh, write them up in the picks article today. Every player on that line is a point per game player. Russ is like 12 points in 12 games. I think 
Crosby's at 14 and Gensel's at 15. Like they, they're all point per game or better so far this season. Um, a big problem. One, one of the problems has been the power play. It's not been like the power play was a problem last year and they went and got Eric Carlson in part to help fix it. And has not even been as good as last year. So um, I think that's why they're not necessarily racking up the goals. Um, but since they moved Riley Smith to the top power play, you know, you mentioned this on the last couple of shows that Penguins have been there. Um, they have looked better and they are generating more 13 and a half percent more shot attempts with Riley Smith on the top power play unit um, than Ricard Raquel. So this is a pretty good power play spot for, for Pittsburgh. Um, Buffalo is one of the most penalized teams in the league. They're giving up the fourth most power plays of any team. Uh, in the NHL this season, the only teams above them are Anaheim, Montreal, and Colorado. Um, the penalty kill has been fine, but they're also back to back on the road. So I like I wrote up Pittsburgh one for a reason in my picks article today. This is a pretty good spot for them. I do think Buffalo is better defensively than they were in the first you know four or five games of the year. I think it bears out when you look at their expected goals and their goals against numbers. They're more towards the middle of the league. But they are still taking a lot of penalties. And that was a problem for them last night against Minnesota. I think both Minnesota goals were on the power play last night, actually. Um, that's a problem for them. So I do like Pittsburgh one here. Pittsburgh two, I don't their numbers have been getting worse. Um, they had a really good, like, I think Malkin like tore it up for like the first five or six games. Since then, it, there hasn't really been a lot from the second line. Honestly, I think think the pit three line is kind of in play. Like if there are super expensive stacks on this slate, whether it's Colorado or Edmonton or, or Toronto, um, Eller, Zahorna and Joe O'Connor have been playing fine. If you want a two man out of that and use them uh, as part of a lineup that has an expensive stack, I think that's fine, but it is Pittsburgh one. I like best in this game. I'll have to see what warmups look like for Buffalo, because if they do have a Turk on the top line, I would be kind of interested. Tristan Jari starring starting and the coach had to make a note to say that his vision's fine, which is like, it makes me think of that Seinfeld skit with, with, with like, I, it was something with mechanics. Like, no, it's not fine. You know what I mean? It's like, if you have to tell everybody that your goaltender can see, it's like, <laughs> I, I have some concerns. Like, you know, I have a couple questions about this. So um, if a turn is on the top line, I might be tempted to swap again to Buffalo one, but it is Pittsburgh one. I like the most in this game by a wide margin, regardless of price. Yeah. Sullivan, the biggest coach speak bullshitter in the NHL. So like, yeah, there's definitely questions with his vision. Arizona Coyotes 2.8 total heading into Nashville. Great city, by the way, Nashville predators have a 3.2 total. I had this game circled last night when I was starting to go over this slate. And I got rewarded with no ownership here. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Barrett Hayton, 16,900, 1.2% projected ownership per our top stacks tool. Now, ah, the price has come down, even though Keller is super expensive because Hayton's got off to a weird start. Schmaltz, not exactly the most high volume shooter in the land. That was his problem in Chicago. He has started to shoot more in Arizona specifically last year, but like Nashville's penalty kill, not very good. Defensively McDonough's out. That really hurts them. 
Yeah, the O'Reilly-Forsberg line has been good, but like without McDonough, they're, I'll let you give the exact expected goals against numbers, but they've gone up. Penalty kills not very good. For 16,900, I'm all aboard the Coyotes train. And then on the flip side, yeah, there's a little bit of negative leverage on Nashville 1. I like them. But then you get down to the second line at uh, at eleven thousand nine hundred, a little bit negative leverage as well. Like if you're looking to jam in one of these expensive stacks, like Novak Evangelista Sherwood on the short list for filler stacks that I like as well. A lot to like in this game. Yeah, there is, and it, it it worries me because you know I was telling you before the show if this feels like one of those games where it's going to be two one with fifty total shots or seven five and both goalies get ganked. Like I I don't think this is going to be like a four two game with goal, spread out goal scoring or something like that. It, um, yeah, without Ryan McDonough, it's been four games for Nashville without Ryan McDonough in the lineup. In that stretch, they're giving up thirty five and a half shots against per sixty minutes um, at all strengths. Only three teams have given up more shots per minute in that stretch. Their, their expected goals against numbers are between Ottawa and Vancouver. And Ottawa, that, that's with Ottawa missing half their blue line. So, like, yeah, the, like their numbers, like Carey and McDonough were one of the better defensive pairs in the league through the first, like, eight or nine games, basically right up until McDonough got hurt. Uh, and Nashville's penalty kill, you mentioned it, their penalty kill has not been good this year. Um, it's one reason why I wrote up Clayton Keller in the picks article today. Uh, the Nashville penalty kill giving up the third most shot attempts uh, on the season per minute on the penalty kill and second most goals per minute. Um, they're not a team that generally takes like a ton of penalties. They're actually uh, in the bottom third of the league by power play opportunities given to the opponent, but they're still giving up a power play goal against per game because their penalty kill has been so bad. And the weird thing about Arizona is like over the last three or, four, or the previous three or four years, a big reason why Clayton Keller wasn't like a monster producer was their power play wasn't very good. Like he averaged, I think I noted in the article, it was 16 power play points every 82 games. In this era of the NHL, top forwards are easily over 25. A lot of them are over 30. Some will get over 40 power play points. And when you're putting up 16, like guys will put up twice as many as you. Like top comparable top fours will put up twice as many as you. That's changed this year. He has seven power play points in 13 games. The top unit has been really, really good together. The price is not expensive, 16,900. I'll bring up top stacks um, just to show everybody. 1.1% ownership, 3% top stack. And the other thing is, is like there aren't a lot of stacks in that price range on DraftKings tonight that I particularly like. Like there is a world where there's a Carolina stack that we talked about earlier that I might want to get to. But other than that, it's the Pitt two line that I just talked about that I didn't want to play. It's the Ottawa two line that I said I didn't want to play as much as their top line. It's the Washington lines um, that we talked about that we didn't want to play. It's Vancouver that we didn't want like. There's just a lot of lines other than basically Los Angeles and Nashville. Uh, like Nashville on the other side is game Los Angeles later on the slate. Other than that, there's just not a lot in that price range that I necessarily want to play. So if I'm going to get to a line in that price range, it is almost certainly going to be Arizona 1. It's, a, it's not a great 5-on-5 five five matchup for them, but I don't think it's a bad one. And the big problem is that they haven't been scoring at five on five, but it's going to turn around eventually, right? Three expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five. I was looking last year 
because Keller had a really good season last year, right? I was looking last year, and there was a stretch uh, January into February where they had – it was like a 14-game stretch where they had basically an identical goal-scoring rate at 5-on-5 five five that they had, had to start this season. And Keller still finished this season with like 86 points or something like that. So it's just a little bit of bad luck. It's a good power play spot. They're coming in with no ownership. I like Arizona 1 quite a bit here. I don't mind going back to Arizona 2. I think it was Kraus that scored in the last game, that game against St. Louis. Yeah, it was a power play 1 goal and Kraus scored. They've been getting some power play time, and they all play the same power play unit together. So it's just as good of a power play matchup for as it is for them as it is for the top line. Um, they just, you know, it'll be a 65-35 split in power play time or 60-40 or something like that. But I don't mind Arizona 2 either. But, uh, yeah, I do like Arizona 1 the most here. I don't mind Nashville 2. Um, I don't mind them to the point where I actually wrote them up in the picks article. The reason for that is because Tommy Novak got moved to the top power play unit for Nashville in their last game. Now, whether that holds or not, We'll see because they have at times used Novak on the top power play unit and then booted him up the very next game. But Arizona's uh, given up 22 power plays over the last five games and 12 power play, penalty power play goals against in 13 games on the season. Um, negative leverage by top stacks, sure, but I think they're a fine filler to use uh, with the more expensive stacks elsewhere on the slate. So I do like Nashville too here. I just think I like Arizona one the best in this game. Yeah. Me too. Quick party says glass is a game time decision. I don't, not sure where he would slot in, but like he has been on power play one in the past. Yeah. I mean, at, at worst, um, I think he would go to the top line and replace Nyquist, but I, I don't see them breaking up um, their top six uh, right now. Like I know they just got their brains beat in by Winnipeg, but the, and they have lost four or five, but I think it's more been more missing Ryan McDonough than it's been anything offensively. So. Yeah, tell uh, Brunette that. <laughs> See, some of these coaches do some weird things, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by Vivid Picks, and you can get a $300 deposit match, which is three times higher than the standard deposit match of $100. The only way to get this is clinking, clinking, clicking the link in the description below. Your first entry comes with a $25 secure play. So if your first entry loses, you get refunded up to $25 in Vivid site credit. All you have to do is predict whether players will have more or less than their projected stats across multiple sports and combine your selections for bigger payouts. So make sure to click that link in the description below. You're not going to find a $300 deposit match bonus very often. So take advantage of that. Let's move to the late games. Let's start with... <laughs> The St. Louis Hostas, the Blues have a 2.5 total heading into Colorado. The Abs have a 3.6 total. Arturi Lekkonen is week to week. Uh, he is out, obviously, tonight. That moves Valerie Nishushkin to the top power play unit. I don't know if that means he's going to move to the top line. We were kind of conjecturing before the show. We think uh, Drew N is going to start up there and, you know, maybe play his, you know, 13 minutes or whatever. So that is a big discount from Lekkonen. I don't really have too much interest in Duran up there. Now, the, the thing is, like, if you want a power play stack, I guess it's fine. But, like, the Blues just don't take a bunch of penalties. But when they do, their penalty kill hasn't been great. I just – I think, you know, you, you do something like McKinnon, Ranton, and then McCarr 
which is really, really expensive, but there is a ton of value on this slate that you can jam in. You want to go to Colorado too. I think that is fine. Assuming, you know, Ryan Johansson and Valerie Nishushkin are together. Um, if it's Riley Tuft or it's whoever, whomever on that second line, I think that's a, a good filler line. On the blues side, just uh, maybe some Shen Kairu, but like really you're going to go on a 10 game slate playing a 2.5 road total in Colorado. Like it's just, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it's probably going to be drawn on the top line. I, unless they're really like beating St. Louis's brains in, which is very, very possible here tonight. Like let's not get that twisted. Joanne's probably not lasting the whole game on the top line. Like that's the thing is like, if this is a, if, if this is even a 3-1 game for Colorado at the end of the second period, Nachushkin's going to the top line. Like, that's just the way that this team is run. Um, and, yeah, you're right. They don't take a lot of penalties. They're also giving up uh, the sixth most power play goals against per 60 minutes. So, like, they're having a real hard time killing off any penalties that they do take. Um, I do like Colorado one here tonight. Like, I – you can play Druin. The top line has been scoring even with him there, but it's almost in spite of him, not because of him in any sort of way. Like I, I would have a hard time putting Jonathan Druin in my lineup tonight. Like I, w- I would just go with Natushkin and just go with the power play stack and then be on my way. Like um, they're going to be going up against the St. Louis top line with Kapan in there. That. <laughs> That lines up to 3.3 expected goals against for 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Combine that with a bad penalty kill, and voila, um, you have a pretty good spot for Colorado one here. So, um, yeah, I do like Colorado one. I think a lot of people are going to like Colorado one here tonight. That's why um, Top Stacks tool has them has them at 12%. But we're still waiting um, for the update with uh, Lekkinen out, and we think Drew and in. We want to make that clear. We think it's going to be drawn on the top line. They haven't had a practice with lines since the Lekkonen injury. So we're all just guessing here. Um, I imagine if if, if Drouin's there and that line's price comes down $3,000, that ownership's going up to 20% or something like that, right? So it's going to be a lot of people playing Colorado here tonight. Like, you want to just use the Chushkin and Johansson and Tufty instead. I think that's fine. Like there's no St. Louis matchup that concerns me. Still get two out of three guys on the top power play unit. They might not want to, you know, play their top uh, top stars, uh, you know, 22, 23 minutes because it is the Blues. They should be able to hand them pretty easily. So I don't mind Colorado two either. On the St. Louis side, I t- here's the thing: is like if Nachushkin is on the top line, like that second line is not very good defensively, right? And I could see a world where that Shen Kairu sideline does have a good game um, against Colorado too. I just think it'd be more of an MME play than a single entry, like a single entry play. I'm not playing St. Louis two on the road against Colorado. Like that's just, you know, I'm not insane. So I, for me, it's Colorado one or nothing out of this game. I just want to shout out like it in like that. They're, they're saying it's not a head injury. It's a head injury. No, they said it's not a head injury. It's, no, it's a neck injury. That's the problem. Oh yeah. Um, it's it. it they said he's going to be. A, they said weeks, not an official timeline. That they said it's going to be weeks with no official timeline, and it's not a head head injury. Tells me there's something probably pretty wrong here. So, 
Yeah. Um, he was one of my favorite players to watch for the Habs. Just hope um, everything kind of works out for him. He can get back on the ice eventually. Sounds like it's a disc issue in his neck then. But uh, yeah, you know what worries me about this Habs game with, with Lekin and out? I just had a horror show vision in my head that they're going to go Drewen, McKinnon, um, Nishushkin, and then the second line of Ranston. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, Joe. I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter. There's only four four guys worth playing, and they're all in the same power play unit. Like, that's just kind of the way I, I look at it. Emoji. <laughs> What's uh? move on to another game that is has a lot of questions that need to be answered and they will be answered tonight the edmonton oilers with a 3.4 total heading into seattle the kraken have a 3.1 total edmonton going with these stupid idiot lines of mcdavid hyman uh mcleod dry saddle fogel holloway nuja hopkins kane gagne if they fall down like one nothing two nothing in the first period you're going to see Drysaddle and McDavid together. They don't even have to be losing. It could yeah. be tied. Yeah. And there's no ownership on McDavid or Drysaddle. Like, none. It's a 10-game slate. Like, the one thing that scares me the most in NHL DFS is low-owned McDavid when you're fading him. I... Like if he's matchup proof, like he, we played him going into Bergeron last year at five percent. Now he's five percent going up against the the Kraken. How do you not play Edmonton here tonight? Yeah, so I'm gonna go back a couple of years here. Two years ago, uh, Connor McDavid, like before his 153 point season, he had a year with 44 goals and 123 points. Obviously, that's an unbelievable offensive season. In that in that season, he had a stretch from December to January where he had 13 points in 14 games or under a point per game and was shooting 5.6%. He still finished the year with 44 goals and 79 assists, okay? That same year, Leon Dreisaitl had 55 goals and 55 assists. He also had a stretch from the end of November to early January with 14 points in 17 games, under a point per game. I love ragging on the Oilers. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's just below the Leafs, just above Vancouver. The thing is, is like if this were happening in January with the Oilers already comfortably in a playoff spot, nobody would care. You know what I mean? Players go through slumps all the time. I just highlighted a 55-goal season from Dreisaitl and a 123-point season from McDavid where they were producing worse than they are right now. And you were talking about ownership. There it is, 58.8% McDavid, 5.2% on Hyman, basically basically 3% and lower on the rest. Now, I think McDavid comes up a little bit, but like Max is out at like 10%, right? And 
if I even on a 10 game slate, if I can get McDavid at 10 percent or if I can get dry at seven percent or if I can get Nugent Hopkins at four or five percent, I'm playing them. I don't care what they've done through the first month of the season. They've straight up been one of the like argued probably the unluckiest team by shooting percentage compared to expected goals so far this season. They've gone through stretches like this before and still absolutely dominated opponents over the course of a full season. It's getting to the point now where I'm just going to play Edmonton, I think, every single slate until they do smash because they are going to break out. They are going to absolutely embarrass opponents eventually. And I want to get in on the ground floor before it happens and not after. So I really do like Edmonton here. I didn't even write down their stats because they don't matter. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm serious. I, I research every game and I make like three or four pages of notes. I didn't put anything for Edmonton other than those two stretches uh, where McDavid and Drysaddle struggled a couple years ago. Um, I I'm gonna be I'm probably I'm pr- like 95% sure I'm gonna have some sort of Edmonton stack. It's just figuring out what to do. Like M- Drysaddle and Fogel have played pretty well together so far this season. I think it's a triple center stack. Now, if you want to use Drysaddle, McDavid, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now, Seattle doesn't take a lot of penalties, but their penalty kill, um, not very good so far this year. Their five-on-five lines have not been very good either. The Seattle top line with McCann there, 3.3 expected goals against, 4.2 actual goals against per 60 minutes so far this season. The second line, 69 shot attempts against per 60 minutes. I'm talking about the Andy Gord line. 69 shot attempts against per 60 minutes is really bad. I, I really I really like the Edmonton side here. Uh, I, it's just a matter of, of which guys do you want to play. I'm probably going to center mine around Leon Dreisaitl. If you want to center yours around McDavid and Hyman, go right ahead. But I am firmly on the Edmonton side here tonight. As far as Seattle goes, um, there's like McCann and Beniers and Yamamoto would probably be the stack I would go to. I just wish it was somebody other than Yamamoto on the top line. Yamamoto revenge, baby. Yeah. Like I get it. Andy is cheap and they're, and him and Beniers are on the same power play unit. Um, It's just Yamamoto is not any good. You know what I mean? Like if you can't make it work, I've said it in a show earlier this season, if you can't make it work with McDavid and Dreisaitl, I don't know what you're doing on a top line with Matty Beniers. You know what I mean? Like, so it, he since being moved up, he has four four shots in four games. He's just getting cardio. Um, for me, it's 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 going to the Bjork or yeah to the Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and Gord line, or nothing else from Seattle. I like the Edmonton side way more here. Yeah, and just to reiterate, we broke the number one cardinal <laughs> rule of DFS. We played McDavid going into Bergeron last year. He's matchup proof. Seattle yeah. Kraken. Yeah. I mean, I like I will, you know, highlight that, you know, McDavid only scored two goals in two games against Boston last year. The best team we've seen in a generation. Yeah. Then they lost in the first round. You hate to yeah. see it. But you also love to see it. Oh, anyway, let's move, to, let's move to the last game of the night. The Philadelphia Flyers with a 2.7 total heading into Los Angeles. Our Kings have a 3.8 total. That's a rather large total. I don't know if Carter Hart's going to be able to play. Yeah, he's, they're saying he's going to start. Okay. Bobby, Bob, they, they're saying Bobby Brink's out. Bob the Brink is out. Probably a healthy scratch because Torts like, didn't like the way he smiled at him. Or no, it, 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 it is a healthy scratch. Even even some of the beat writers were like, 
not really sure why Bobby Price being scratched, but you know, anyways. Probably winked at Torts and Torts like drop kicked him and decided to scratch him because you know he's old school. Anyway, you shared in our Discord this morning how good the top line of Los Angeles one has been. And their numbers after their uh, Australia trip are just pretty ridiculous. You're getting no ownership here. Now, Carter Hart in net compared to Cal Peterson maybe changes a little bit. Um, I, I really like the Kings top line here. Kempe has been shooting the puck a ton. Kopitar is Kopitar. He's, you know, not the player he was five years ago, but that line has been tremendous. Quentin Byfield on the second power play unit, which has been the better one. So uh, there's 16-5. They're in that mid-range, getting no ownership. I think they're fine. You want to go to Pierre-Lac Dubois, Kevin Fiant, also fine. You want to go to Deneau, Trevor Moore, Kaliev, also fine. Now, you said they called up Jared Anderson Dolan. We, we haven't seen a corresponding move yet. They might be sending Laferriere down. They might have an injury. That's something to keep in mind. I do like the Kings. I do also like Hart. Uh, it doesn't have to be um, just seeing now, new lineup. <laughs> new lineup got posted while we were, well, just as we were going on the air. Fiala, Deneau, Trevor Moore, Laferriere, Dubois, Kaliev. They didn't say there's any changes to the top line. So I think the top line stays as is, but they're going to Fiala. They're moving Fiala to the line with Deneau and Moore. They're breaking up that line and they're moving Kaliev with Dubois and Laferriere, which that looks like the third line to me now. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting that they would move Fiala with Deneau and more, but that also says to me that I don't know who they're going to send out against top comp. Not that it matters really, but like it kind of says to me, they might be sending out Kopitar against Couturier, but I, I still like that King's top line. What do you, what are you thinking about these lines? I mean, I, I still like it. Like I figured they were going <laughs> to, because they called up Jared Anderson Dolan, and you and I figured it was because they're just going to move Laferriere off that line and maybe move Anderson Dolan there. Like, I don't think Fiala – like, Fiala and Dubois have been perfectly fine this year. Like, they're outscoring the opposition. They're over three goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. Five five. Like, they're not a problem whatsoever. But they also haven't looked as good as you might expect them to, I think, is kind of the thing. Like, you would expect the Fiala-Dubois line – to probably be this team's best offensive line, right? And it just hasn't been. It's been their third best offensive line. Um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, but yeah, the Kings top line, like you mentioned the Australia trip. The Kings went to Australia for a couple preseason games. And basically that, upon their return, missed a week of training camp. And then their very first two games uh, to start the regular season were Colorado and Carolina. So, you know, a trip to a halfway around the world, you miss a week of training camp, and then you get two genuine cup contenders as your very first games. Like, okay, they didn't look very good. Since those two games, the top line, 78 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five, which is patently absurd. Like you will, you'll see power plays lower than that. Um, 3.8 expected goals per 60 minutes, 4.2 actual goals per 60 minutes. They've just been like dominating the opponents. Matchups don't really matter for me on the Philly side. Like you don't want to necessarily go into Sean Couturier, but like I was saying on the show yesterday, Noah Cates is probably one of the best young two-way centers in the league. So I don't know if going into Noah Cates is really a whole lot better. Um, you know, if he moves up and 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 plays with Travis Konechny or they scratch Morgan Frost or or whatever towards 
you know, insanity Torch decides to unleash on that lineup here tonight. Um, it is Kings one that I do like the best in this game. It is interesting that Dano Moore and Fiala are playing together. I don't think that's going to be a very high on combination. And it was an over leveraged line. The second and third lines were both over leveraged by the top stacks tool. I'll bring it up one last time for the show. 7% with and 9% with the old second and third lines. I got to imagine that Fiala, Dano, and Moore is going to be a lot lower on than 7 or 8%. So I don't mind going to that, that line either, but we also don't know how they're going to play. So I would probably just prefer going back to the Kings top line here. Um, nothing for me from Philly. This is this is a brutal matchup. Yeah, I am not surprised that they moved Dubois to the third line because ideally, I think when Arvidsson comes back, you're going to see Quentin Byfield be the third center and they're going to move Dubois to the wing. Just conjecture. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that, but... I mean, it, it would kind of make sense in a way, I guess. But I, I I, don't know why they're tinkering with it so much. Like, they've been the best team in the league basically for three weeks now. Coaches, man. <laughs> I guess. That's the, the slate coming up after us at 5 p.m. NBA Live Before Lock with Emac and Neil. So if you are an NBA slappy. Uh, <laughs> Tune in for that. Like, I don't play NBA, but NBA is a grind, man. If you play NBA every night, God bless you, man. That is just a grind. Let's talk a little bit about defensemen and goalies. Cal McCarr, Roman Yossi, Noah Dobson, Quinn Hughes, the top four most expensive D-men on the night. Charlie McAvoy, Evan Bouchard, running right under that. Like, I, I think McCarr is a good play tonight. I think all these guys are, are a good play, obviously. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just sighing. Oh. Um, I I to, yeah, sorry, I didn't have the, the camera on it. But but anyway, Dobson's the interesting one. If um, they have a full lineup at 7K, I might take a pass there. On no, the they're, they're saying Pelix out tonight. Then Dobson's in play. I like all these. Like McAvoy back is probably my favorite in that range. Quinn Hughes. But, yeah, who are you liking for the top mid-range guys? I mean, right at the top. I, like Roman Yossi, uh, like I know he hasn't exactly lived up to what people want, but he's still had a pretty good season so far this year. He's over three shots per game, one and a half blocks per game. Um, just not racking up the assists that people want, but that'll come around eventually. I wrote up Eric Carlson in the picks article, like I was saying earlier. I think it's just a really, really good Pittsburgh matchup. He's not putting up a lot of peripherals, which I think might keep people some some people away from him. I don't mind him here. Um for 6K in a really good power play spot. Uh, McAvoy, for the same reason, uh, really good power play spot against Montreal. Uh, like, the middle guys, like, Sergachev at home to Carolina, I think makes a lot of sense where he's under 5K on DraftKings. Morgan Riley running the top power play unit for Toronto is one of my favorite defense plays on the slate here tonight. Um, Noah Hannafin's been priced down for Calgary. Um Jacob Chikrin on the other side of the game. I don't mind those two defensemen in that game. There are some super cheap guys here that I think are in play tonight. Like Jake McCabe, yeah, he's a bad defenseman, but he's 2,500. He's going to play 19 to 20 minutes for Toronto. Um, he's uh, fine. Troy Stetcher for Arizona, like they have f- four defensemen. They all play like 18, 19 minutes each. And Stetcher plays 20, is 2,500 on DraftKings. Don't mind him. Um, I wrote up Sean Walker for the Flyers. He's been getting close to 22 minutes a game over over this this last little stretch. 
Um, he's a guy that can put up a lot of peripherals. They might need a, he may he may may need to block a lot of shots against the Kings here tonight. Uh, Sean Walker for sure. Uh, Rasmus Sandin. Uh, he was playing a lot of minutes anyway. Martin Fairberry got hurt last night. Don't think he's going to play tonight. I guess we'll see a warm-ups, but Sandy might end up having to play 24, 25 minutes here. Uh, Dmitry Orlov uh, running the top power play for Carolina. Don't mind him for cheap as well. Yeah, the one note on Sandin, he did get hurt briefly and left the game yesterday, but did come back. Just monitor that. We just won't know until warm-ups, but yeah, agreed there. Let's move on to goalies here. Swayman confirmed at the top 8,500. Need a shout-out at 8,500 in GPPs, but down at the bottom, Dikembe Mutombo, or Dikembe Montembo, 6,900. Carter Hart, 7K, kind of interesting there. Uka Pekka Lukanen, 7,100 is going to see some volume. Connor Ingram is going to see some volume. The one that stands out to me is Thatcher Demko, 7,500. He's been playing great. Toronto's on a back-to-back. They're a pretty high-volume team. Who else are you liking? Yeah, I like that Demko call. I wrote up Junis Corpusalo for the picks article. Um, he's ex- I think still Kastic has him with the most expected saves here tonight. And also only around three goals against, which isn't really that bad. Um, so I do like Corpus Allo here against Calgary. I like both goalies in that game. I'm going to be honest. Like if Dustin Wolf can kind of live up to this height, um, I think he's probably underpriced at where he is, um, even if it is a road matchup. So don't mind Wolf um, at 7,600. Like if you're going to go, like way, way down dumpster dar- diving. Um, I think Ukapekalukanen for Buffalo makes sense. Like when I when I look at teams like that in this spot here tonight, it's like, how does Buffalo win this game tonight? It's probably not by a 7-5 game, right? It's probably because Ukapekalukanen saves 37 of 38 and they win 3-1 or something like that. Like I think that's kind of the way that I look at it. So I don't mind him uh, if you really need to dumpster dive. Um, same thing with Carter Hart at 7K. I, I don't know if he if he still has the out tag or not on DraftKings. Um, he might not, but um, okay. Seven, but 7K. I mean, 7K against the Kings. It's another one of those situations where the Flyers aren't going to beat the Kings by you know scoring eight goals. Um, they're going to beat the Kings because Carter Hart saved a pile of pucks. So uh, the two cheap guys I like here tonight are are Lucan and Hart. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Wolf. I forgot to mention Dustin Wolf. Like. It's, it's not the the best spot for him. He did have a start in the – it's not his first career NHL start, so he's not going to have, like, those massive jitters. But um, he, I think he played against the Sharks at the end of last season. But, yeah, again, me, I'm a cheap goalie guy. Give me the volume. Give me that. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Uh, I'm going to go with our Desert Dogs, and I'm going to go with the guy I wrote up in the picks article today. I think it's the second time I picked him this year. Hopefully he comes through for me. I'm going Clayton Keller. I am not going to be no nonsense or give you some nonsense with how Marner sucks and all that kind of jazz. I'm going Valerie Nishushkin, our boy. And, you know, we were, we've been Valerie Nishushkin boy since the days in Dallas where he got sent back to like Uzbekistan or Russia or he went and played in Russia for a few years, came back and yeah, big Nishushkin guy. Yeah. Real big, real, real, real big Nishushkin heads over here. Yeah. All right, so that is the slate. We will be back on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe button on the way out if you are interested in premium. Click that link in the description below. We'll see you in the Discord tonight, and good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.